You are listening to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Cathedral Church in Germantown, Tennessee. We pray you enjoy today's message. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good afternoon, my brothers, 12, 22. I won't be before you long, but good morning, good evening, however you want to take it. We're here, good day. That's it, good day. I wouldn't, you know, be standing up here before you, you know, I'm going to be honest. You know, I'm not nervous, but I'm nervous. Um, I played in front of thousands. But when you're standing behind a sacred desk such as this, you don't play with it. And you try to move all distractions out of your way. Amen. You know, but looking at these beautiful faces, I think I'm going to be all right. Amen. And before um, the word goes forth, I want to pray and first acknowledge my husband. Uh, let us pray. Father God, I come before you this afternoon, this day, uh, to bring your word to your people, Father. Father, I ask that you remove the ticket out of the way and allow your Holy Spirit to come in and have his way. Yes. Let the words that I say be the words that you want them to hear. Amen. This I ask in your darling son Jesus' name we pray. Secondly, I want to thank you, honey, for giving me this opportunity to speak to the people. As I say, I will try not to be before you long, but you never know what the Spirit might do. But I'm going to give you my title, being that we're having technical difficulties, technical difficulties, difficulties in the place. But God still going to get the glory. My title is Motherhood from God's eyesight. My scripture is 1 Timothy 5 and chapter 10. I'm going to read it um, in the Amplified Version. Let me pull it up. And it reads, and has a reputation for good deeds. She is eligible. She is, if she has brought up children, if she has shown hospitality to strangers, if she has washed the feet of the saints, God's people, if she has assisted the distressed and has devoted herself to doing good in every way. So I'm going to go back. I read you the Amplified version. You know, my husband liked to do it, you know, with the King Jerry's and the Amplified. So I did it a little backwards. I went Amplified first. So I'm going to go to the King James and read that, read what it says in the King James. And it reads, well reported of for good works. If she have brought up children, if she have large, large strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed every good work. The eyesight of God in motherhood. Nowhere in there you heard that the mother had to be one perfect. So let me say that now. We're not perfect. We'll continue to strive as long as you're on this earth. I'm going to read this to you. A godly mother is a woman who represents the heart of Christ to, every, to her children. She is continually aware of her influence over their lives 
and futures and make sacrifices whenever necessary for the for their welfare. Godly mothers are first godly women. We had to learn. It's a journey. Motherhood is a journey. There's not a book. The only book there is that I have come to realize that had helped me along the way with my children is the good Bible. We veer off and we do certain things, but we have to come back to this, the Word. The Word of God has not returned unto it will not return unto you born. We as mothers have to set the tone. So it didn't say we were mothers first. It said we were, we were godly women. So in being a godly woman, you they are not one way at home and another way in public. Even when her children do not have a godly father, a mother can have a great impact on her children's spiritual future. Let me say this. With what's going on in the world today, with education and how it's going today, a child's first teacher is his mother. So mothers, my question to you this morning, what is your walk like? What does he see in you? What does he see in you? Because the text said motherhood from God's eyesight. Not man's. I said God's. Because God's eyesight, man's eyesight is different than God. We're going to judge you. We're going to throw you by the wayside. We're going to talk about your children and you. So let's be mindful that children mimic what they want to see. I was talking to my daughter yesterday. And we were, she's a teacher. And she was just saying, Mama, I just don't know. I don't know, Mama. I said, you don't know. Just, you get it. You just have to be you in the sight of the storm. And know that behind every storm, there's rainbow. There's a part of God. So, motherhood is a gift from the Lord. One of the ways we can Glorify and serve him, as I read 1 Timothy 5 and 10. Make it plain, make it simple. 1 Timothy 5 and 10 is what it is. In God's eyesight for a mother, a godly woman. It is also it also offers many opportunities to grow in our understanding of God's mercy, love, and grace. Motherhood is sacrificing. But it's also sweet. We have to sacrifice. When we have children, it's no longer about us. It's no longer about us. I know we want to go and hang out with Shaniqua and Lushana and Tawana and all of them and, and enjoy. And nothing wrong with it. As I go on, you'll see nothing wrong with that. I'm going to give you six characteristics of a godly mother. Number one, a godly mother wants her children to be glory to be godly, and she leads the way. 
A mother cannot pass on to her children values and qualities that she does not possess herself. How you gonna pass on something to your children if you ain't doing it? You gonna pass some on? But pass on the right thing. We're living in an era now that, and I just have to speak for me, and like my husband said, I just graduated from the University of Memphis, it took me 32 years, but guess what? I did. But guess what? People see me and they ask me, where you been? We thought you moved out of town. I had so much talent. But you know what I tell them? God had another plan. I had to go down, instead of going up, I had to stop going up Austin Mall and making it right on Mississippi to go down that street to BTW, to finish my high school diploma, left there, went down Southern, came down Lamar, went down Southern, you know that little side street that you hop off Lamar, go all around, go on down, went on down that way, drove on down Southern, I landed at the University of Memphis as a freshman, confused, didn't know what to do because I left my baby. But I know that I was doing it for a reason, to better our lives. Yes, yes. So what am I saying? Don't look at your past. Keep pushing forward. I was a teenager. WNBA. But God derailed it. But he didn't derail it to hurt me. He derailed it now that I know to make me better. Because you can always pick up a ball. And if you practice long enough and put it in the hoop, you'll start hitting a couple of buckets. But if you practice the word of God and walk daily in it, it makes you even greater and better. And I have three scriptures that I'm going to read to you in the NIV, I mean the Amplified, and I'm going to read to you King James. And I'm going to take three sentences out of each scripture. Let's go to Psalm, go to Psalms 23 and 3. When you get this, say amen. I ain't gonna be before you long. I'm moving right along. I'm almost done. We're gonna get it done. We're gonna enjoy. We're gonna enjoy Mother's Day. We're gonna hop, skip, and do all of that. Just be patient with me. <laughs> Psalms 23 and 3. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. That goes back to your children watching. Who lead you? Who lead you? And the Amplified, because Alexis got the King James Version of the Amplified says, He refreshes and restores my soul, life. He leads me in the path of righteous sake, for righteous, a path of righteous for his name's sake. For his name's sake. Nobody else. Nobody else. Don't put nobody's name in front of his name. When it comes to leading your children to Christ, don't put that football, 
Don't put their basketball. Don't put their soccer. Don't put track. I'm saying I'm using sports because I'm a sports fanatic. And believe it or not, when I changed, when he moved me from having me go in another direction, I didn't watch basketball. You know why? It hurt. But I didn't understand. If I couldn't play it no more, I didn't want to watch it no more. My husband will tell you, I don't sit in the same room with him with sports on. I'll go the next day and watch ESPN. Not because I didn't like the game. Because I let the devil tell me, <laughs> I got you. I love that basketball more than I love God. I did. But I use basketball as therapy because of my childhood. I was on the basketball court from three years at three years old. I've experienced things that you never understand. But God. But I'm showing my children, I show my children, even in the midst of your trauma, that's glory. It ain't a perfect path, but that's glory. It's a great path when you get to the Lord in your life. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5 and uh, 17. I'm going to go to the Amplified. Are you enjoying yourself? Amen. I ain't going to tell y'all no joke. These spotlights on me here. Do it well. Thank you, first lady. Come on. When I say 5 and 17. And let us read it. I'm going to read it from the Amplified version. As you can see, you can read it on the screen. Um, and it, and I, want y'all to understand this, how we as mothers should line up so that our children can understand the walk with Christ. If we don't line up, they ain't going to want to do it. They ain't going to want to do it. Uh, I guess I'm having some tickets. Uh, uh, well, we're going to go to Romans. I'll go back to that. He's on the screen. Okay. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. It don't matter how you had your child out of wedlock, divorce, whatever. You went through some things, some trials and tribulations. Guess what? If you turn your life back over to Christ, therefore, if any man be in Christ, if you confess with your mouth, he is faithful and just to forgive you. Of all, of all, of all. Let's go to Romans 2. Romans 2. I thought I highlighted my stuff, but hey, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. Romans 2 and 2. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. 
And we know that the judgment of God falls justly and in accordance with the truth on those who practice such things. Mothers, they have to see us practice it. They gotta see us practice it. We have gotten away from practicing it for them. I'm not asking you to be perfect with them because they need to know that we have flaws. And if they perfect, then the Lord can call them on, on to be with him. So we're not perfect. But what? But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to the truth against them which commit such things. You got to know the truth. You got to be. Don't worry about, don't worry about anything. Practice it. Practice it. Practice what there it is. Practice what you preach. Okay, I'm gonna go back to basketball. I want to be great at basketball. I played basketball in season, out of season, up season, down season, round season, back season. I was in all of the seasons. Winter, spring, summer, fall. I had played them all. So we have sports now that's winter, spring, summer, fall. But I refuse to allow my children to participate in a sport if they had a game on Sunday. I understand that we want to be supportive of our children, but we got to stand, y'all. We are living in a society where sports overrule God. Everything comes second to God. But guess how what the children learn from? You. You. Because guess what? They ain't on a Sunday. They don't get no better. They body got a rest. In my class, I learned in one of my classes in school, if your body don't rest, it's going to break down. If your body don't rest, it's going to break down. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. Young children are pulling ligaments every day. But you're teaching them that that, that sport supersedes God. But when they bust their knee and can't play nothing no more, do you know how, just like uh, uh, Apostle said he got to talk about the suicide rate? Do you know how high the suicide rate is amongst athletes when they can't play no more? We as parents cannot put that before our children. We got to teach them rest. What's wrong with resting? Rest. Rest. Number two, she understands her role in marriage and the family. First Corinthians 11 and 3. And it says, I'm going to read this before I go to today. As part of sin's curse, women struggle with wanting to control their husbands. You want some extra reading? Go to Genesis 3 and 16. But God decreed that husbands and fathers should carry the weight of the responsibility for their families. Amen. A godly wife will gracefully bow down, bow to that leadership and model for her children godly submission to authority. Even when husbands and fathers are not uh -oh, worthy. Even when they 
even when husbands and fathers are not worthy of such respect. Godly mothers do not badmouth them to the children. Divorced or single mothers can be godly mothers as they teach their children of God's plan for marriage and demonstrate purity and wisdom in their own dating relationships. Dating relationships. You can't let every if you got daughters, spread your hand. You got daughters, right? Put your hand down. Oh, Lord, give me what to say. Give it to me right now. I know we're in a generation nobody wants to be alone. But I want to confess something to you all. God, I love my husband and I want to be with him. But if that man leaves, I won't be single. Let me tell you why. I met my soulmate. I don't think I can give my soul to what I know God gave me 30 some years ago. So what I'm saying to you women, connect with somebody. Do your homework. Do your homework. Yes, he can wine and dine you. Yes, he can make value the diamonds, the this, the that. But where is the heart for you? When you don't do what he wants you to do. And this is try the spirit, by the spirit, seeing of God. Last week, Bishop spoke on that. You have to be mindful, not just ladies, men too. I got two sons. I got two sons. Same thing applies. Same thing applies. The difference is male. Female, but the rules are the same. The rules are the same. And a lot of people, well, you've been married 32, 30, you've been married. Look, it ain't easy. Marriage is not easy. But when you submit one to another, watch God work. First Corinthians 11 and 3, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And, that the, and the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. If God ain't the head of that person, as your bishop was saying, get to stepping. I'm just being real, ladies. Because guess what? You are the chosen. You choose how you want to be treated. You choose what to accept and not accept. You choose who to go with. And who not to go with. And who not to go with. I tell you, I told my daughter when she started, they eat my sons. And my sister that's in Houston laughs at me. And honey, I just got to say this for what I tell my boys. I'm going to tell you what I tell my boys. Yes, we want our children to stay pure. Let's be honest. I want that. I wanted that. But the consequences and the circumstances that are out here in this world allowed them to go another way. It wasn't what that they were taught because my husband and I taught them because we were doing it wrong for six years. 
Then when we got it right, we talked it. They were young enough to understand what right is. And we gave them what right was and what dating right was and how it is. So, for all those who talk about preacher kids, teacher kids, fire materials, preacher, y'all got children too. Do the same thing. The difference is, we sit beside it behind the sacred desk. And y'all sit out there and watch us. But guess what? We are all human. And we make mistakes. I don't care from the children to the parking lot to the whole Asia, Africa. Everybody makes this mistake. But I told my boys, when you're dating, stay on the curb. Stay parked on the curb. I don't want you to bag up. In, in, into the uh, the uh, garage. I don't want you to do none of that. Don't park. Don't pull into the parking space in the garage. Don't um, up to the garage. Don't do none of that. Cause if you do that, you're gonna end up in the garage. Don't go up. Door gonna go up. And you're gonna go in there. And when you get in there, that garage door go down. And what am I saying? I got three beautiful granddaddies. Because that garage door was came down. That's what I'm trying to get them to understand. Though I love them, I wanted them to enjoy graduating from college, traveling, doing ministry, doing what they love. But guess what? Mine ain't perfect and yours ain't either. So let us get that right. Let the church say what? Amen. All right. So this is, let's go to the next uh, number three. I'm almost done, y'all. I know I'm boring, y'all. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Number three, she does not neglect her own health and well-being. Often we equate personal humility and service, but it is not, but it need not be that way. Godly mothers model for their children healthy respect and boundaries. We got to set boundaries for these babies. We got to set boundaries for these babies. A godly mother knows that, uh oh, I'm finna say something. I'm finna say something. A godly mother knows that wearing herself out acting as a slave to her children is not good for anyone. Let me raise my, I'm going to raise my hand. You ain't got to raise your hand, but if it's, if this is you, raise your hand with me, okay? I ate and slept my children. I didn't give God, I gave God some time, but I didn't give God the time. Whatever my children wanted to do, we did. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Gave God no time. So what boundaries did I set for God? None. None. My husband didn't. We, hey, Sunday came. You couldn't go in the living room. I'll be honest. Cowboys were playing at the house. Well, he won't make me be quiet. What you do? It was just a time where that's his time. He had his time. I had my time. 
They had their time. But God didn't have no time. We have to understand this. That boundaries are there for a reason. And it, this says she will give selfless to her children, but she will also car carve out time to rejuvenate herself because she knows that if she is not healthy, her children will also suffer. Women, we got to take time for ourselves. Yes, yes. We wear so many hats. Yes. I'll be honest with y'all. The last three years, a wife, a mother, a soul caretaker of my grandson, business, school, all is great. Woo! Woo! Nothing but grace. Nothing but grace. You got to find time. Proverbs 19 and 18. Let's, it's, uh, let's go there. I'm going to the Amplified. <coughs> your song while there is hope and do not indulge your anger or resentment by imposing inappropriate punishment nor desire his destruction. We have to be careful in how we discipline them. This kind of touchy subject for me. This verse right here. Because I'm not one I'm stirring, y'all. I'm really stirring. And I see, I want my children to do, do good. Amen. And I stand up here before y'all. I didn't get that right. I didn't get that right. I didn't get that one right. But May 6th, 2000. 23. One of my sons I hadn't seen in 10 years. And he lives in this city. 10 years. Parents, we're not going to agree with everything our children do. We're not. And I'm not perfect. But that verse right there it hit me really hard. But his grace is sufficient enough to hold. I'm not going into details. But I'm going to tell you, my God, your God, but God. I got a chance to spend time with my son. Yes, honey, yes. I got Well, I got a biscuit. My two-piece with a biscuit. 
But my grandsons, I call them my three pieces without a biscuit. And what that means, I have three grandsons and no granddaughters. Thank you, Lord. I'm good. I'm blessed. But to have all three of my children in the same place, I continue I continue I tell you what God will do. And you see what it says in Proverbs 19:18, Chesting thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crime. I am standing before you a proud mother of three. They are not perfect, but they not. You love yours the way you want to love yours. I'm going to love mine the way I want to love mine. But guess what? God going to be all up and in it through that thing right there. Amen. Amen. And right here it said, the Lord instruction for parents is not that they teach a child boundaries. Boundaries help a child see that life is not about pursuing what he wants, but surrendering to the Lord and following him. Boundaries set with unconditional love will teach children to surrender to the Lord because they trust God, knows what is best, and will bring true contentment. You got to show them that God is in this. We got to tr I trusted Him that the day was gonna come when all three of my children were gonna be in the same place at the same time, taking the same picture with me, and the same day my graduation day, I got thirty-two years. Take me off this natural hamburger. Can I say this to y'all? I don't, I don't take things like this for granted. I'm not materialistic. But if you're back in my Nikes, I'm cool. But I'm not materialistic. We have to reassure these children what truth is. And truth is not in the fashion or the hair or the people they run around because your children if you got young children even now my children 33 30 28 I know I look good don't tell that but they are you're no longer their influence you can say my child ain't gonna do this and my child ain't gonna do that when your child get out of your presence you gotta teach them to stand for what's right and the boundaries you set with the Lord. If Pookie them like purple over there and we like red over here, we gonna stay with red over here. Ain't nothing wrong with purple because that's what they chose. But we stay in red. And red for me stands for the blood of Jesus. So that's what I'm saying to you all. Mark, um, I mean, let's go to Mark 1 and 35. Give me about 10 more minutes and I'm gonna let y'all uh, enjoy your mother's day. Enjoy your mother's day. Mark 1 and 35. Ooh. And I'm reading from the Amplified. This is what Jesus did to give himself some time to reflect. Women, give yourself some time because I'm an early riser. Everybody in my house sleep. I'm up at two, three. Any little noise, wake me up, I'm up. 
but I'm in the bed by 8.30, 8, 8.30. My grandson got me on the schedule that my children used to be on. I thought I was gonna get up out of that, but hey. <laughs> and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Find time to pray, ladies. A godly mother finds time to pray. You got to shut out everything. Shut it out. Shut it out. You got to rejuvenate. You got to have some time to reflect. You, the nail shop, the nail shop ain't quiet no more. It ain't. It, it used to be. But I'm okay. I, I used to be that way. Ooh, I need cheering, but I need my grandbaby to go with me so I can't do these other folks no more. Rejuvenate. Spend time with the Lord. I get up. I know y'all ladies, some of y'all get that early morning text, I'd be like, Lord, they're going to kill me one day. They're going to kill me. But guess what? That's when I'm up and the Lord's speaking to me to give to you all. Amen. And when I don't give it, I get a text. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I need something to feed my, my soul through day. And I'll be honest with you. That's been two mornings that I just didn't want to say anything. Because this this is sacred. The words that come out of my mouth that I send out to you all is sacred. I can't send you something out. And I have to be real. I'm a real first lady. I got feelings. I get in my feelings. I don't want to deal with them. I'm being honest. Let's, be, let's talk about it. Let's be honest. I don't want to talk nobody. My feelings just got hurt, and I done did this, that, that, this, that, that. And the Amplifier said, early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. Get up! When you gonna get up? You gotta get up and find time for you. Ladies, this for you. This Mother's Day. I'm talking to you now. He'll talk to the Father, you know, Father's Day, he got that. But get up. Let the bed go. Speak to the Lord. I ain't going to tell y'all no story. I tossed and turned all night. I tossed and turned all night. And each time I tossed and I turned, I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Devil, you alive. This word going to go for. Lord, am I going to do this right? Am I going to be too long? Oh, are they going to accept this? Are they going to see this? What, what, what? You don't know. I got up. Lord, you got this. He said, stop. I got this one. So get up. Jesus left the house and went out to a secluded place and was praying there. Yesterday, my husband and I were at Macy's. And this lady, Hispanic lady, you know, was busy. And I could tell she was frustrated. You know, we can be some of the rudest people when we're trying to bastard for people. But you forget humility, being humble. They're doing their job. Humility and being humble don't cost nothing. You don't have to mistreat anyone. Yes, you might want your stuff. When you get it like that, you're going to go, oh, I forgot something. Got to go back. And this lady said, your spirit is so sweet she said you didn't fuss 
The man even thought I worked there. I said, sir, I don't work here. But she'll be back. And she said, I needed that. She said, I needed you to encourage me and tell me, breathe. That's all I said was breathe. I don't have another box for this or a box for that. I said, ma'am, put it in the box. It's a box. They're going to throw the box away anyway. So let me say that to you. I said, just breathe. She said, we need more people like you. We got them. They here. We're just living in a microwavable society. But mothers, the children are watching you and how you handle every situation from bills to daddy to mama to all of it. I'm being watched too. My children may be grown, but I'm being watched too. What did you say, Apostle? Parenting don't stop because your children grow. Amen. This is one of the hardest things in my life right now. All three of my children are grown. Because we can see something with that, that they can't see. And I'm not a believer in, well, let them just bump their head. No. I didn't have that. I didn't have that. My children, I gave them my all because I didn't. I'm not saying I bought them everything they wanted. I'm telling you I gave them all the support they needed. All of me. And there's no disrespect to my mother. I tell anybody, you cannot pick who your mother or father is. You have to pay the cause you were there. You either gonna win your hand or lose your hand. But I'm a person that's gonna win my hand because I tell my sisters and brothers, my sisters, them this forgiveness is for you. It ain't for them. We all have a past. And if I'm forgiving you, we started here. We ain't going back. We going forward. So let's go on and just jot these. 115, I promise you. 115. Number, what did I say? Number four. Were we on four? She seizes teachable moments to instill biblical truth. A godly mother is not so focused on meeting physical needs, uh-oh, that she neglects her real calling, which is to raise future disciples of Christ. Because she walks in close harmony with God, she easily directs her children's attention to his works, his work in their life. She may say to the three-year-old, see that beautiful Robin over there? God, who loves us, made that bird for us to enjoy. Thank you, God, for your beautiful bird. She may say to her preteen, honey, I'm sorry you didn't make the team. I know it hurts, but remember that God has something bigger in store for you as you trust him with even this disappointment. Disappointment's gonna happen, mothers, but we gotta beat that up. Pick them up. Pick them up. That right there, she sees these teachable moments to instill biblical truths. 
we got to go back. We can't instill what South Memphis said you should do if you fall. We can't bring the worldly terminology to the children and expect them to, to live holy. I can remember my son Denzel was at, at uh, Ridgeway, Middle. And I got a phone call. This boy slapped a stool in my stomach. And I knew the principal. And I said, what? <laughs> you know, because you have to be careful. Children act on how you would. I said, okay, I'm on my way. I get there. My oldest son was in the eighth grade, so they did, they took two different lunches, so I'm quite, I'm really happy he wasn't there. Cause he's, he's not a physical child, but you touch his siblings, it's on. And I don't teach my children that. Turn the other cheek. It's hard, I do it. I'm gonna give you the first time to turn. And he did that. And I asked him when I got there, I said, son, what happened? He said, my mom was just trying to help him. And he just slapped me. He said, but mama, I didn't hit him back because I didn't want to get in trouble. My oldest son, when he went to Ross, smartest thing in his class, he about that tall though. He about that tall. But his mind was more advanced than anybody in his class. So you know you have haters. You have haters. And he would, he would say, Mama, this boy picking on me. This boy picking on me, Mama. Picking on me. Picking on me. I said, have you told the teacher? So I tell my children, let an adult know before you do anything. Because you have to, there's boundaries. There are procedures. There's a process to get the result that you want. So I walked into the office, and everybody looked at me, Miss Davis, I'm like, what is going on? What y'all talking about that? What happened? I see my son with the principal and another boy. I knew who the boy was, because the boy had always been picking on him. They said, he got the fight. I said, what? I said, oh, God. I said, OK. We go down to the principal's office. And the principal says, well, Ms. Davis, you know I got suspended. And I'm like, why? I brought it to you all's attention that this was, my son was being bullied. The teacher knew about it. I said, this has been going on for weeks. And how long do you think a child is supposed to hold it in? When you're teaching your child to do what's right and wrong hitting him upside the head. So, I wanted to see if my son was going to follow the process that he was taught by myself and his dad. And I told the principal, I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. I said, how are we going to resolve this? Because I don't want him to get suspended. He said, well, Mr. David, we can, back then, corporal punishment was in. We can give three licks, and he gone back to play. My son, uh-uh, mama, I don't want that. 
He said, no, because I don't feel it, Mama, I should get there. You told me to stand up for what's right and what I believed in. I said, I did, son. You're right, I did. I said, but I'm looking at the bigger picture down the road when you want to go to Harvard or Yale or some of those places. I said, because they look at you, discipline record. I said, so take these three licks. Because you're taking one for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. So you're going to make it. And where this child right here, I pray for him, we're going to move on from that. My son stood up there. I know what corporal punishment is in my house, when, it's, when it was dealt. That boy stood up there and didn't flinch. Then when I say didn't flinch, because that oldest one of mine, he should be a lawyer. He y'all gonna read about him. Just be patient. You gonna read about him. True about the year right now, Pennsylvania. That girl back there, she gonna be somebody doctor. He got you know say. That young fellow is there. He gonna want somebody to come, if not his own. So I know the process and the foundation was laid. Was laid. So what I'm telling you is. This, we're going to read Ephesians 6 and 4. And I don't know if we're going to get to the other two. But if it's good to you, just say it's good to me. Ephesians, I'm going to go to it. You know, I'm a slow poet. When I say 6 and uh, 4. Fathers. And it's, it's the Amplified Version. It said, and ye fathers, read them King James, and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not aspirate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them, but bring them up tenderly which, with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We can't show favoritism. So you heard me talk about all three of mine. So they can't say, Mama, you ain't saying nothing about me, but I did. They are all three different. They all have a different personalities. You cannot treat them the same. They're not going to be treated. They're going to be treated differently. In a sense, don't discipline them differently. Stay the course. If you said don't go across the street and Taylor went across the street and came back and Denzel went across the street and came back and got a woman and Lexi went across the street and came back and got a woman, Taylor should have got one too. You cannot make a difference in your children. I don't care who you are. I don't care what financial The first teacher, the mother, be the godly one. They're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. And even if you do, guess what? His grace is sufficient enough to change anything. Mothers, God chose us for a reason. I don't think a man could bear when we born. I don't think they could do it. To carry a baby nine months and go through those contractions. Mothers, we bond with our children. So we know their emotions. 
We know what they like and what they don't like as a child. Train up a child in a way that he should go. What it, you know the rest. You know the rest. And I'm gonna say this. I'm just gonna give y'all, I'm gonna read and we're we gonna do it like this. Number five is she models service to God and others. Children need reminders that they are created for God and serving Him in their highest calling. A godly mother will demonstrate this in her own life as she involves her children in serving others. Let's finish this so we can make dinner. I'm reading you what this uh, an example. Let's finish this so we can make dinner to, uh, for the Smith family. They're going through a hard time, and we want to remind them that Jesus. Has not forgotten. When people going through, let your children see you serving other people. Women, let them see you serving other people. A godly woman, a godly mother does that. It's not about you. We're teaching them how to be not how to be. We're teaching them how not to be selfish. And we're living in a selfish society. Number six. As you all can see, you can see the scriptures on there and you can go back to me. I'm just going to run through it. Number six is she has a healthy self-image. Now this, I got to read. Many women in our culture struggle with low self-esteem or low self-worth due to childhood wounds or comparisons with others. A godly mother has learned to see herself as, as God sees her. Because of this, she can demonstrate to her children the way a godly woman should present herself. Godly mothers see themselves as active participants in God's work. They don't try to gain attention or a sense of worth through dress or through dress or behavior or relational status. Amen. Watch what you wear. Amen. Watch what you present to your children, your girls. Women, if you got girls, they watch you. Oh, oh, they watch And boys watching too. They watching their dress up this way. They watching. First, I mean, it says, First Peter, and the Amplified, uh, it says, Your beauty should not come from outward uh, uh, adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of a great worth in God's God's sight. A godly mother acts and dresses modestly. She models proper uh, God-honoring behavior to her children. Just sum it up. They watching you. What do you present before they eye? Motherhood. Through God's eyesight. Motherhood. I'm not a hooper. I'm not one that's going to jump. I'm me. Amen. I pray that you receive this word. Amen. That it was a blessing to you. Because I have truly been blessed giving it to you. And be the mothers that God wants us to be. Not the mothers that society said we can be now. Amen. So I thank you for listening. Honey, thank you again. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.